five k's from home maybe was just coming around a bit of a bend in the track and there were you know a few successive bumps which you know progressively got bigger and yeah the front wheel of my bike dug into the into the one of the, the mounds and um yeah i guess again being a heavier bike um the front wheel dug in and sent me over the handlebars and i landed on my sort of head and neck and um broke my neck which has left me a quadriplegic do you remember hitting the sand i don't remember hitting the sand i came to pretty quick uh, i've got like, a really good memory of sort of the whole day you know before the ride after the ride after the accident when you were lying there what was going through your head did you have an awareness of like, what had happened or no i i had no idea what what i'd done to myself i mean i'd had plenty of accidents uh beforehand and yeah you know, looking back on it i've had sort of worse accidents than the one that i had um on this day and uh i guess i was just I was laying there. I, I couldn't move any part of my body. Yeah, I was just. I was just trying to assess the situation. I had no idea previously about spinal cord injuries and and what the resulting um, injuries would would mean for me. So I kept thinking over in my head. Oh, you know, I, I must just be in a bit of shock. Must have just broken my legs, or you know, your brain wouldn't even be able to go go there at that time. Yeah, like, you know, who breaks their neck? Like, I was 19, I was invincible. Like, these things these things don't happen to me. And I remember going through a school, a mate of mine, he had a motorbike accident too, and he broke his pelvis. And I remember, you know, just laying in the dirt, you know, I think, oh, you know, Dougal did this. Um, I, I think I must have just done the same thing. Mm. And But, yeah, it was probably the point in time where I, uh, I had a phone in my pocket and I remembered that, so I went to reach my phone to uh, to get a bit of help. And you know, not being able to move any part of my body, that was sort of the the point in time where I thought, you know, something's like seriously wrong here. So, um, how long were you lying there for? Uh, yeah, being at the back of the group, I knew that I was going to be there for quite a while by myself. No one, no one was coming behind me. Um, so. Oh, I'd, I hate to put an exact time on it, but it, like it felt like a very long time. It could have been twenty to thirty minutes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, we were, the guys were regrouping every sort of fifteen to twenty minutes to catch up, and so I knew I knew someone would be coming back for me. It was just a matter of you know hanging in there and and waiting for that sound of another motorbike to come back. Yeah, and how did you get to hospital? I got picked up by some paramedics and, you know, it wasn't until recently that I got to meet them again for the first time since my accident. And that was really good to chat to them and uh, I guess I, I found out some more information about the day, which I didn't know. So I got picked up by the paramedics. So I got What was the pain like? Were you like in and out of consciousness or do you, you couldn't feel anything? You, know, you would think breaking your neck, you'd be in... A world of pain. Yeah, but I, I wasn't. I was, you know, when you have a, a bad night's sleep, in like you don't, you, know, you don't sleep on a pillow, and you wake up with a bit mm. of a stiff neck. Like, yeah, that's all it was for me. So again, like that's probably 
another part of the reason why I didn't think you're thinking it can't be this bad, yeah. but then at the same time you can't move. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, it was it was confusing, but yeah. Um, so I got taken to the Loxon Hospital. Um, they airlift you or no? They right. did from the hospital. They were going to airlift me from the site where I fell off, but you know the weather was closing in, so um, I had to wait uh, until later that night. I got flown out of the Loxon Hospital there. Spent uh, a few hours and in the hospital and just medicated and probably a few tests done and, and stuff like that. So, And on the way there, did the paramedics tell you what had happened and, or what did they? What were they saying? They didn't tell me what I'd done because you know, I don't think they can because you know, oh, like deep down they would, have, they would have known. But not having done any scans, they can't tell me you've broken your neck, you'll never walk again. Being in the being with the paramedics and on the way to hospital, like I just sort of I was in the I was in the ambulance with with Jock and like we were just laughing and like it was sort of having a broken neck was the last thing on my mind, which um, you know, I was asking the paramedics to take me to the bakery and to go and get some food beforehand and um, you know, I was confused and like as to why they didn't have the lights and sirens on and yeah, just stuff like that. Like it, it was just didn't seem real, sort of. No, nah, not really. Yeah, that's probably yeah. not part of the medication that they, they give me as well. So yeah. And so then, when you were in hospital, or when did someone have that conversation with you? Just before going into surgery. Yeah, the doctor she uh, told me that I'd broken the C five and C six vertebrae in my neck, and that basically I'd I'd never walk again. And you know. Having not walked since, you've really got to commend them on their spot-on diagnosis. I had surgery to fuse the bones in my neck and and then spent probably a good two, maybe three weeks being sedated, which, you know, if, and in that point of time, you, you ventilated as well. Um, so tube down the, down the throat, um, which eventually got taken out to like a, a tracheostomy, which was much more comfortable but um you know i was i was ventilated for quite a while i lost 20 kilos um and really like you you just whole complexion changes you i, I didn't look at myself uh oh, it would have been three or four months like, i just avoided sort of any mirror that i could just because I, like, I knew in myself that I'd changed completely. Um, I'm not sure whether like a part of that was a, a bit of denial as well, or just you know, slight, slowly coming to to terms with what's happened. And you're lying there, but your mind's working. So what yeah. was what was that? That must have been torture. It was tough. Like no doubt, it's been the, the toughest thing that I've ever been through. Um, but at the same time, like it's. It's also been really good. Um, like I, going through hospital, I'd always had people, you know, visiting me. The waiting room was was always full of, of friends and family. So having that revolving door of people coming through, it really, it, I guess, it takes your mind off things. And like everyone was so supportive, which for me, like, it just made things so much easier. And it's something that you can't really, like. We, like you, you can't take for granted because like if, like, if I don't have the people and the support around me, then 
But I, you, I can't, I can't tell you where I'd be. Like, yeah, it it just makes things so much easier. When the doctor said you'll never walk again, how did you take that? Oh, I think I just remember like bursting into tears, um, and that was that was sort of the first time that, you know, shit, this is this is real. Um, so you, you believed it. Oh yeah, I, like, um, yeah, I, yeah, I believed it, and I've never, like, I've never been one to be like, like this is bullshit. I'm gonna walk out of hospital. I'm gonna be the one percent that walks out. Like, I'm gonna do it. My hard work and determined. Like, because then you hear that that's sort of a, a typical story that you sometimes hear with these sorts of yeah things, and but. like I play the cards that are in front of me and. If I go into hospital and rehab thinking, like, I'm going to be the one that walks out of here, like, and that never eventuates, then, you know, you're already, you know, mentally a step behind where you should be. So took things as they came. Um, and I think that really helped me as well. And, yeah, you know, I knew I wasn't going to walk again because I couldn't lift my arms to, you know, to scratch my nose, to brush my teeth or do any of that sort of stuff so just carried on with what i could and what about your family knowing how upset they were was that in some ways as hard as or harder than the way you were feeling about yourself yeah and i think like going through the whole experience like i'm like it it probably sounds a bit silly but i'm I'm so grateful that it it happened to me because i would i would find it like near impossible to watch like I've got three sisters, so I'd find it like really, really hard to watch them go through what I'd gone through. So like, I'd I find it much easier to go through it myself than and then having to watch other people do it. I think yeah, I don't know, it'd just be so much harder for me. And what was it like for them watching you? Have they talked to you? Have you had that discussion? Oh, not in depth. Yeah, I'm sure it's probably been some of the hardest things that yeah. they've had to go through as well because you know it you know a, a broken a broken neck or a broken back like it doesn't just affect you know that individual it's their friends and family as well like my family had to make huge sacrifices in those early days and still do now so and you know that's I don't know, it's family I guess it's just what you do and so mentally, where were, you, where were you at at that point? I've always been pretty good mentally throughout the whole, what's, yeah, nine and a half years now. I can probably remember like two or three days I was in ICU and like I just had enough. Like I didn't want to see anyone except like family. I didn't want to see like close friends. I didn't want to see like people that I wasn't really close with. Um, it's like you have a lot of those people come through and, and want to visit you, um, which like is fantastic. It's great. But yeah, there were just like a few days where I, I didn't want anything to do with anyone. Like just put me in a room. Let me like finally sort of come to terms with what's happened. Like, and it was probably like the first time where I like actually like had a good tear about it and just sort of like get it all out and once I did like I was sort of back to normal back to my happy self 
what was that process of coming to terms with it and accepting it like like was it you know having that cry and then being like all right or did that happen a whole number of times did you wake up and then remember that you were disabled and then go through it again or what was the uh, yeah that's tough like i've always just had a positive attitude on sort of everything that i've done um and like i don't really know what to put that down to i guess like the people around me is is one thing but yeah so i guess for me i was just able to i guess just get on with it as well i mean like i remember vividly when i um i was having a uh a flying lesson one saturday morning and my flying instructor said to me oh we were talking about something and I was like, oh, doesn't that piss you off? He's like, oh, like, why, like, why worry about the things that you can't change? Um, and I just, like, I just remember him saying that, and I sort of carried that through. If you can't change anything, sort of, there's no point, you know, fussing or worrying about it. So, yeah, I, I try and just sort of remember that of, of all aspects of life, and you know, my situation is not going to change. So, might as well make the most of it.